عنوان المحاضرة التالية المنظور العالمي التحديات والتوقعات في المجال الدولي للدراسات المستقبلية Presenting it is Mr. Eric Overland Mr. Eric is the president of the World Future Studies Federation He worked 25 years several future studies projects in Norway and uh, Europe This lecture is about the international and universal challenges and prospects within the international fields of future studies. Mr. Eric. Thank you very much. So this is the one that I, okay, okay. So we didn't like this. Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, I introduced myself uh, earlier this, uh, this afternoon, so I won't go in details about my background. Uh, I'm uh, the president of the World Future Studies Federation, which is, uh, as I said uh, earlier, uh, NGO, uh, with a network of uh, futurists around the world, which are very, um, you know, very competent level on, 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 on future thinking. So, dear colleagues, dear participants, it's a pleasure for me to be here and exchange perspectives on long-term future reasoning. The date for this lecture is November 5th, 2018, and that is 18 years into the 21st century. The new millennium inspires us not only to think long-term, but uh, also uh, to think about the opportunities for humankind in this new era. The first years of the millennium are also marked by socio-political changes that the world has never seen before. The world order that we are familiar with is changing rapidly. We do not need to be profitably led to assume that society will change significantly in the years to come. The geopolitical situation is more turbulent than in decades, and to prepare ourselves for this situation, we need to strengthen our capability to think long-term and engage ourselves to a much higher degree in future studies and research. On the one hand, we have a development in the United States, the decline of US importance as geopolitical actor as one important consequence. The perception of what is true and how truth is to be managed is threatened with the use and abuse of, among other things, artificial intelligence, technology, and social media. In Russia, we have Putin and the country, uh, many anti-Western intelligence strategies, a new and modern form of intelligence, which is far more difficult to review, while at the same time threatening established knowledge institutions, such as academy and media. Democratic societies and elections are subject of massive trolling. Uh, the word trolling is, a, by the way, a Norwegian word. And the issue of climate policy and env environmental uh, protection uh, is not resolved, although the issue has been on the political agenda for more than half a century. In Turkey and some former Eastern Bloc states, patriotism based on national reference frameworks are rediscovered in ways only a few of us believed possible only a few years back. Europe is characterized by economic stagnation, Brexit, and the emergence of massive populist movements. For instance, several East European states are heading toward a clan-based oligarchical system, neglecting basic European and modern values. In Asia and China, it's perhaps 
in its, on its way into a new a major economic crisis. Although demonstrating mind-blowing achievements in both research and development, at the same time, the Chinese are introducing social credit system that somehow both strengths and cause a fear in open, more open and liberal societies. Japan is still characterized by stagnation. Fundamental groups are evolving and the difference between poor and rich is greater than ever. In Europe, we face change and accompanying challenges of historic dimensions. In addition, we have demographic challenges that uh, regarding migration and aging that concerns citizens and politics in new and different ways. And what about Saudi Arabia? The future of Saudi Arabia is nothing, it's, it's similar in a lot of other countries. The, the pace of change are going so rapidly, so what it, could Saudi Arabia be in 20 or 30 years time is an open question and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a kind of uncertainties related to the development. Not regarding the Saudi Arabian state as such, but regarding how the Saudi Arabian society will evolve in the coming decades. So we could continue. There seem to be no limits to our traits, threats to our good lives. On the other hand, we are witnessing uh, research and technological developments that the world has never seen before. The world has never interested, invested so much in higher education and research all around the globe. Moreover, the level of education has never been higher for so many for so as now. More and more people escape poverty. International cooperation is establishing itself in areas previously unavailable. Despite setbacks in some countries, legal certainty seems to be ensured in an increasing number of countries and regions. Furthermore, mobility across national borders is increasing. Reaction against religious fundamentalism also increasing with unprecedented strength. In addition, and not least, the quality of education and research in the world seem to be better than ever. In the policy arena, we have a willingness to think creatively regarding policy developments also seem to be significantly strengthened. Authorities in many countries are experimenting with new ways to pursue policy development. Here too, we also could have continued. In this context of uncertainties, of ambivalence, fear, and hope, the question of our common futures emerges as one of the most important questions to be answered in the time to come. What are the futures of democracy? What kind of new kinds of new political conflict lines may emerge? What could be the consequences of ongoing automatization and robotization? What does it mean to be a human being in a 30 or 40 years' time, which our Abdullah Ole Abed just addressed in the, former, in the earlier presentation? Do we, think, do we have to think the relation between the artificial and the natural in new ways? Are we facing new geopolitical world order? What could be the role of the Middle East 
and the, Ara and the Arabian countries, can we see the emergence of a new sociopolitical movement? And what kind of movement could that be? These are only a few in a long list of important questions we could raise. All of them address possible futures combined with the will and ambition to handle uncertainties. Against this background, we have to conclude that futures reasoning, independent of whether you call it futures research, foresight, and anticipation, la prospective, future studies, or something similar, is more important than ever. We need thorough approaches, methodologies, processes, and systematic infrastructure to be able to meet such fundamental requests. Sociopolitical development is marked by what, for instance, Nassim Taleb called unknown unknowns and surprising events that conventional planning methodologies and, and, and forecasts cannot grasp. So we need new kind of approaches, new kind of uh, methodologies. Moreover, it is obvious that we need organizations such as the World Future Studies Federation and future societies and institutes within regions uh, and single states and even the global, at the global level like the future institute that you are planning to develop here in Saudi Arabia. In many ways, the VFSF and its members have tried to answer such questions since its establishment in Paris down uh, back in 1973. Uh, so let me therefore say a few words about the World Future Studies Federation. The VFSF was founded in Paris in 1973 and it's a global network of leading futurists. VFSF membership is transdisciplinary and very diverse. VFSF welcomes scholars, teachers, researchers, foresight practitioners, policy analysts, activists, students, and others with a long-range view. Members include women, men, and young people from all corners of the globe. Members, uh, further, the VFS is a global non-profit NGO governed by a president and an executive board. We are independent, non-commercial, and lead the way into future research and scholarship. Not the least, the VFS is uh, a UNESCO and UN consulting partner and a global uh, NGO with members in more than 60 countries. We bring together academics, researchers, practitioners, students, and future-focused institutions. VFSF offers a forum for the stimulation, exploration, and exchange of ideas, uh, a forum uh, visions and plans for alternative future to long-term big picture thinking and radical change. The VFSF also collaborates with dozens of future focused organizations all over the world, and we invite applications for institutional membership from suitable qualified organizations. VFS has a long-standing uh, commitment to truly global futures, meaning openness to create alternative futures that embrace cultural diversity and individual difference. A key task for the VFS is to stimulate awareness of the urgent need for long-term thinking, like we are doing 
in this event here. Uh, for government, policy, civil and educational institutions to resolve complex local, national, regional and global problems. BFSF chapters are in development with the Ibero uh, American chapter, the first to be founded. What about an Arabian chapter too? So to get back to the question raised above, historically the VFSF had played an important role in addressing the big question about the future. Not at least the VFSF and its members played a significant role uh, regarding the Club of Rome, not necessarily as a direct partner, but as a unique network of scholars and individuals advocating the vision and ideas developed by the Club of Rome. This kind of commitment point that the global shifts in future thinking, the future field had become globalized, and that was back in the 1970s. In the 1950s and 60s, the future field was dominated by cybernetics and system analysis, while in the 1970s, the field developed a web of new ecological ideas based on the assumption that the interrelation uh, within a global ecosystem was received much more attention, uh, much more attention than from research and future than was the case upon then. Uh, phrases such as new economic order and one world dominated the discourses. Through their insistence on the interdependence of environment and development, futurists then laid the basis for conception of suitable development and later the thinking behind the limit of growth. In this period, we also find a convergence between the East and the West regarding methods and approaches for futurist reasoning. I think the courage uh, of futurists demonstrated that at that time was an important condition for the later convergence between the East and the West, and that futurist reasoning also made the countries like Romania, the former Yugoslavia, and the former Soviet Union, and Hungary. Globally, it was established a sustainable perspective, not only within research and education, but also as also political actions. The World's Future Study Federation was a child of the emergence of a new ecological perspective in the late 1670s. It was a part of a social political movement. The more or less hidden premises of the shift were also expressed through more principal philosophical perspectives. It also came along with the emergence of what we could call post-positivistic theory of science, system thinking, and later all kind of postisms. This is not the place to elaborate on these issues. Important here are both the philosophical and linguistic turns as a reaction against conventional modernist epistemology. Late neo-Marxism and the like, the neo-Kantian Heidegger's in the Weltsein, in many ways symbolize these kind of shifts. More principally, these shifts also represented a certain view on the relation between man and nature, which also uh, Abdullah Al Abed uh, uh, formulated it, uh, this, this, this earlier this afternoon. Uh, the conventional modernist subject-object relation was subject to fundamental critique uh, from futurist philosophers and other scholars aimed at transcending this dichotomy, which again was considered as a fallacy. 
we need to rethink this fallacy of modernity and establish a new paradigm was, uh, seemed to be the new mantra. This new paradigm especially draws upon system thinking and the so-called ecological approach. Futures research of today has to reinvent both basic philosophical approaches and its socio-political role. In my opinion, the history of futurist activities, both as scholars and socio-political actors, was tremendously important. When that is said, the most impressive contribution of our field were the innovative and creative thinking that I briefly have sketched on and being a part of a socio-political movement. However, that was more than 50 years ago. What about today? What could become the mission of futurists and the content of future research in the coming decades? Of course, system thinking, ecological approaches, environmental and climate changes, challenges still are relevant to a high degree. But given the contemporary socio-political changes we are witnessing today, maybe it's also time to move on a step or two. How do we deal with the emergence of transhumanism and the digitalization of body and soul? What kind of responses do we have regarding the vanishing of the distinction between what is considered to be natural and, and what is supposed to be artificial? Is it appropriate to talk about the nature uh, as given, clean, representing an equilibrium and an ecological harmony as a reference point to all kinds of artificialities and manipulations? Are we so sure about the importance to abandon the basic distinction between man and nature, between man and technology? Maybe we should sit down and try to rethink some of the basic premises behind a whole generation of futurists and future studies and research. To contribute to such a um, uh, reflection, we have to get back to some basic philosophical perspectives, which historically have addressed the big question about the condition of human mankind and the humanity as such. In this context, and I cannot elaborate very much on this, here, but uh, I can say briefly something about in what direction I'm thinking. During my new reading of classical philosophy, and not least the transcendental philosophy of Immanuel Kant, I suddenly discovered how this classical and in many ways old-fashioned text could have relevance in the contemporary discussion on the future of mankind. To try to Imagine futures means discussing a long range of early science and social and more or less hidden political and technological developments. Among these, the bio and genetic engineering revolution combined with the emergence of synergic technology of different kinds play a particular role within the contemporary transformation of society. Science fiction movies like The Matrix and The Blade Runner 2049 seem first to be wild cards and quite radical ideas about the relation between humans, the technology, and a quasi-given nature, not at least through the trans- and post-human perspectives embedded in these films. After further investigation, we find that these developments might be closer to our realities than first expected. The robot Sophia from Hansen Robotics, 
uh, is now even a citizen of Saudi Arabia. These developments are challenging along a long range of social and political and economic and cultural phenomena to today's society. But above all, it challenges a basic and historic distinction within our mindset, namely our ability to differentiate between what we might consider as natural, as something given on the one side, and what we expect should be artificial on the other. Indeed, the synergic technologies and as a consequence thereof, the emergence of ideas about so-called post-humanism and transhumanism forces us to think through a more principal aspect of such a development. My position in this landscape is that instead of looking at this as a threat, we have to investigate and look for fundamental and positive aspects of these developments. We need to develop a worldview that goes beyond today's postmodern and modern positions. One of the concepts I've tried to uh, experiment with uh, called uh, universal perspectivism. Universal perspectivism is an attempt to move beyond the distinction of modernity and postmodernity. This concept also represents an attempt to establish an ontological rationale for futures research as a post-positivistic scientific activity. I call it universal because it expressed the human need, will, and ability to construct an absolute reference for its existence. Perspectivism refers to the fact that the content of these absolutisms may change. The term universal perspectivism is inspired by recent development within the uh, natural sciences, and my intention to bring this in here is that the nature has a unique and special role to play in the scientific production and knowledge building. We have all perspectives on what natures could be things, humanity and society. So universal perspectivism represents the view that culture and society, a universal common social cultural identity is a basic perspective that may get lost if some societal conditions are not fulfilled. The problem is, however, what kind of perspectives do we have in common? Here the nature and the physical world is coming up as an ace in the sleep. And the physical world is, uh, both the French philosopher Bruno Latour and the German Enlightenment philosopher Malenkant addresses this question and answering it a bit differently. Futures research and future studies seem on the one hand to be dominated by application of various tools and techniques. On the other hand, uh, on the other hand, applying scientific techniques does to a great extent legitimize the foresight. Even if the application of a particular method is still seen by many as sufficient requirement for justification of a foresight, there's an emerging concern for the foundation of future studies and future research. In this respect, not only epistemological reflections are entering the scene, but also an emerging effort of addressing the basic ontological ground of future theory building. This points toward the post-post orientation. <clears throat> 
formulated differently, we may say that positivists emphasized observation themselves, perhaps more attentive to the claims about the facts than the facts themselves. Postmodernist state, the facts are fluid and elusive. Consequently, we should focus only on our observational claims. In addition, constructivists, who may be labeled as neither positivist nor post-postmodernist, put weight on the process of reality construction itself. The construction of scientific facts um, could be interpreted in radical ways as not only statement about the world for, for us, but even more important as a statement about constructing the reality as such, as the ambition of finding out about how the reality could be in itself. And here we are going back to Immanuel Kant. <clears throat> the term physical world here is important as it no longer differentiates between a so-called given poor nature on the one hand and manipulated, created, artificial nature on the other. Kant would say, and if we stop manipulating the nature, then the very imagination of such a nature will suffer as we will have a conception of the existence of humanity and the evolution of humanism. The conception of a human mankind needs a reference point that is something that itself cannot be, something absolutely different than itself. Without a continuous manipulation with and sustained positive determination of nature, nature also disappears as a conscious category, which according to my account would mean a collapse in the effort of civilization. Nature itself, regardless of what regulations it may have, is the elephant in the room, a non-explicated residual category throughout all the deconstruction attempts in recent years. Although the status of the preaching provisions of nature varies between modernism and postman, none of them has questioned the actual nature as such. The nature is a kind of a conceptual defined and defined, not by the philosopher, but the natural scientist, and in the prolongation hereof by you and me. This might seem trivial, nevertheless, it's not. Why is it not? To answer this question, let us get back to the futures field. The foremost political implication of what we have chosen to call universal perspectivism means that the variety of political issues from today's public debate may be interpreted differently. The key conceptual consequences of a such a worldview would be as follows, and what I have tried to call a third futurist manifest. Nature is at the same time constructed and reproduced as the absolute, absolute opposite of the human, as what human beings per definition are not. Man creates himself through his or her construction of what human being is not, namely nature, technology, and the physical world. Man could also be a cyborg. Pluralism, fragmentation, individualism assumes a common human project, futures, Pessimism is resignation. Biotechnology and genetic engineering are mainly subject to practical and functional assessment, not to fundamental ethical and moral considerations. Uh, 
the term sustainability loses some of its meaning. There is an inner link between increased economic growth, human liberation, and the solution to environmental problems. Information is matter and vice versa. Universal perspectivism is, uh, is an expression of what the individual will call an enlightened confusion or confused enlightenment. The civilization has just begun. Thank you.